0: Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host James, and today we're reading page sixty three. LAND. And they gave thanks and rejoiced, and they drank until they were reeling. In the smoky darkness of their hall that night the bard sang them the old songs. He sang of Odin, the Allfather, who was sacrificed to himself as bravely and as nobly as others were sacrificed to him. He sang of the nine days that the Allfather hung from the world tree. His side pierced and dripping from the spear point. At this point his song became, for a moment, a scream, and he sang them all the things the Allfather had learned in his agony, nine names and nine runes, and twice nine charms. When he told them of the spear piercing Odin's side, the bard shrieked in pain as the Allfather himself had called out in his agony, and all the men shivered, imagining his pain. They found the Skraling the following day, which was the Allfather's own day, He was a small man, his long hair black as a crow's wing, his skin the color of rich red clay. He spoke in words none of them could understand, not even their bard, who had been on a ship that had sailed through the Pillars of Hercules, and who could speak the trader's pigeon men, spoke all across the Mediterranean. The stranger was dressed in feathers and in furs, and there were small bones braided into his long hair. They led him into their encampment, and they gave him roasted meat to eat, and strong drink to quench his thirst. They laughed riotously at the man as he stumbled and sang, at the way his head rolled and lolled, and this on less than a drinking horn of mead. They gave him more drink, and soon enough he lay beneath the table with his head curled under his arm. Then they picked him up, a man at each shoulder, a man at each leg, carried him at shoulder height, the four men making him into an eight-legged horse, and they carried him at the head of a procession to an ash tree on the hill overlooking the bay, where they put a rope around his neck and hung him high in the wind, their tribute to the All Father, the Gallows Lord. The Scrayling's body swung in the wind, his face blackening, his tongue protruding, his eyes popping, his penis hard enough to hang a leather helmet on, while the men cheered and shouted and laughed, proud to be sending their sacrifice to the heavens. And that's our page. First and foremost, Scrayling... It's a word that Pat Rothfuss uses in Name of the Wind, and it describes a sort of demon-spider kind of thing. Shout out again to Nick, Jeremy, and Jordana at Page of the Wind. Fantastic podcast you guys should totally be listening to, especially if you really want to dig into Pat Rothfuss's series. If you're anything like me, you'll find plenty of things per episode that you're like, wait, I didn't think of that. Wait, I didn't think of that. So check it out. Apologies to them also for stealing their podcast idea. Anyhow, uh, the word scrayling here is the original use, which is Norse term for a foreigner, which is calling me back to Laura's mother calling Shadow a barbarian, you know, a thousand years ago. Uh, In His Dark Materials, the Philip Pullman trilogy, starting with the Golden Compass, the Native Americans are described as scraylings. Another hat tip to the neilgamingboard.com oh no, sorry, just neilgamingboard.com, poster low-tech posits that uh, the landfall described here is probably the island of Newfoundland, which would make the man's tribe the Beothuk. They were a native tribe on Newfoundland that coated their bodies in red ochre, which they also coated uh, canoes, houses, weapons, and musical instruments. The description of the man then would fit this pretty well, As with many tribes, the Beothuk were slowly killed off by Europeans, though in this case it was mostly through starvation because the Europeans settled more and more into the tribal lands, removing them from their common food sources of caribou, seal, and fish. We also get our first real description, within the novel at least, of how Odin was sacrificed to himself. And also what he gained from this self-sacrifice. The twice nine charms mentioned will be discussed more at length, I think, from Wednesday himself. But um, pretty soon, Wednesday, will be talking about charm. And in that case, he's not referring to being a charming guy. I think he's being a little more literal. But we can discuss that when we get there. However, the woman from the Motel America sleeps with him. He's able to get away without paying for gas and without anyone even noticing that he didn't pay for gas. And even how he brought shadow under his employ. But we can put that on the back burner for now. Uh, The narrator mentions that the ship's bard has sailed through the Pillars of Hercules. Pillars of Hercules were seen as the entrance to the Strait of Gibraltar and the strait connected... The Atlantic Ocean with the Mediterranean Sea. The two peaks on either side were the Rock of Gibraltar, also known as Cape Mons, and a North African peak, either Monte Hacho or uh, Jebel Musa in Morocco. There's also a connection to Good Omens and Neverwhere, both, in that Atlantis was thought to be found beyond the Pillars of Hercules. It's mentioned that the man gets drunk off of less than a drinking horn of mead, and I tried to figure out exactly how large a drinking horn was. In the mythology, Thor drank from a drinking horn that held all the world's seas and was able to drink, a, well, not an insignificant portion of what was held within. So that was a very large drinking horn. Typically, though, um, it would have been made from either cattle or goat horns, so not overlarge... Wikipedia suggests less than half a liter, or just over a U.S. pint, or just under a U.K. pint, a proper pint. Horns of the auroch may also have been used for important ceremonies. The auroch was a uh, species of wild cattle found throughout Europe, Asia, and North Africa, but the last known auroch was killed in 1627. The Vikings do not adhere to any sort of protocol with guests, apparently, and our shitty hosts and sacrifice their now-drunk skraling by hanging him from an ash tree. In Norse mythology, Yadrasil, the world tree is an ash tree, so it's definitely very symbolic. The one thing that really stood out, though, ha ha ha, was the man's erection while being hanged. It seemed like a really odd detail, and then I remembered autoerotic asphyxiation. Apparently, there is something known as the death erection, or angel lust, or a terminal erection, which is this. Uh, we can also recall pre from our time with Bilquis. Supposedly, though, women are not immune to this and can exhibit engorgement of the labia or clitoris when hanged. So, oh, why did I make that joke in my notes? I've got to say it. It certainly gives a new meaning to the term well-hung. I should cut that. Get in touch with us at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com or on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. I'd like to say thank you to Julian Granganash for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme song. And I'd like to thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page, and remember, only the gods are real.